Pluto. Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are Dr. Jess and Dr. Bobby, two physical therapists just trying to live healthy most of the time and doing our best to see our personal glasses as half full. Some days that is much harder than others. Sometimes we interview others more knowledgeable than us on different topics that we don't, uh, maybe that we don't know nothing about, but that we don't know about to teach us about things that we do not know. And sometimes like today, you are stuck with Dr. Jess and I sharing our knowledge and information. So make sure you hit subscribe below to stay up to date on all the two gals happenings. We have some exciting things coming and really looking forward to 2023. Um. So as we are talking about goals this month, today's topics are kind of two of my favorite um, when we're looking at goals. But first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your glass today? I have water. So I am doing my best to try and continue to drink this water. I do have some fresh lime floating in here, which kind of helps keep it a little bit, uh, you know, the flavor is a little bit better. And I drink more that way. It just makes it like kind of fun. Uh, sometimes I have grapefruit. Sometimes I have uh cucumber sometimes lemon those are kind of like my go-tos for like what I drop in there uh so Dr. Bobby what's in your glass I have just water as well I might even try lime though like I'm one of those I don't like lemon I don't like cucumber really in my water and I am not a fan of grapefruit <laughs> like the, I feel like after I said that I sound like the most pickiest eater ever but like I truly love like all sorts of fruit though they're just like I love lemons I just don't like lemon in my water Got it. But yeah. Lime. That actually sounds good because I love lime. Yeah. We've got some neighbors that have a lime tree. And so I got this like whole like basket of limes because they're like, we have too many. And so I was like, absolutely. <laughs> so that's awesome. Fresh yeah. even. Even exactly. better. Freshly grown limes. Yep. I like it. So yeah. So today, this is an exciting episode because we are in goal setting. Dr. Bobby and I both like really enjoy goal setting. It's something that kind of helps get you motivated and started for a new you know period of time, whatever that might be for this year. It's it's the calendar year, and talking about finances and career growth. Uh, it's something that we both have like had to learn a lot about through life experience. <laughs> and um, so we are really happy to be able to share what we've learned along the way with you all. And hopefully you'll find it helpful and not um, like boring or want, want, want. It's actually like really encouraging and can be fun. Uh, so first we're going to talk about finances because I know in school, like you, you go through high school, you go through college, you go through undergrad, unless you really are like an accounting major or like a finance major, things like that. There's not a whole lot that prepares you to enter into, you know, the working world with like a good understanding of how to get yourself set up financially on a monthly basis, a uh, quarterly basis, yearly basis, you know, and like kind of growing your, um, you know, portfolio of like where you are in, in life. It's like, we're kind of taught with um, advertising and marketing that, you know, you know, we deserve all of these fancy shiny things, but nobody really tells us how do we afford those and how do we prepare ourselves uh, for the future and then uh, hopefully eventually retirement. Uh, so there's yeah, a lot I had zero. that goes into that. I had zero yeah. classes at school mm -hmm. and then I love, I love my parents, but mm -hmm. um, I think they both wanted me to have, quote unquote, the good life. And so I was just given kind of whatever I want, even though we maybe didn't have 
the finance for that, you know, as mm -hmm. I learned as I'm adult, but as a kid, like I never had, like, I just never learned about money until I was adult and a little too late. Right. Well, it wasn't too late. I mean, you, like you, <laughs> you learned experientially how to. A little later than I would like. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll change it like that. Right. Later than I would have liked. <laughs> right. Um, and like my background is a little bit different, you know, like with kind of how, you know, like I had to be able to balance my checkbook before I could really, uh, you know, drive, like get my car, you know, to drive when I was 16. So there was like, there was uh, practicalities that I had to do, uh, but there still wasn't this like really major, like what, how do I even know what I can afford, you know, and then how do I make plans for these bigger financial goals? Like, buying a car, buying a house, being able to afford to start a family, uh, you know, like investing in retirement planning, you know, how do you even know what you can afford? And so that's where Bobby and I both, we, we both started with creating a budget. And um, well, I guess before that, like we actually both listened to, uh, this was back when they were on CDs. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bobby bought them and then I actually listened to them after she listened to them uh, from Dave Ramsey and mm -hmm. he really helped break down finance and mm -hmm. and from a personal level not necessarily from like a business level but like from a personal level he he broke down finance so so Dr. Bobby like what did you like first learn like what were your first like big like aha moments of like oh this is maybe how I should be looking at money so take it back before that I think mm -hmm. before like you're even willing to look at what a lot of people especially his is very um, I think a lot of people think it's crazy because it's very abnormal before that I had to hit I had to hit basically rock bottom I had I was working seven days a week 12 plus hours a day like every day um, and I was bringing in good money but I was still in the red like I was still going into debt each month each month and I was like okay I'm like killing myself over here and I am like not headed anywhere good. So I think like the most important part for me was like to have, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired basically mm -hmm. and working every day and not having anything to show of it. So I think that for me, that was like the most important part because if I wasn't, if I didn't feel like that and I wasn't willing to make a change, I don't think I would have changed. Right. Um, so then what I did is I just started listening to his podcast. Um, and this is just kind of when podcasts were coming out and I listened to him and it's free. And I was like, oh, and I started listening. I was like, oh, well, that sounds nice, but I don't know if I could do it, you know, and like just started listening to him for a good three months before I even gave it a try and like really learned what he had to say. And then it was just, I think the hardest part um, was sitting down and realizing where I was financially, um, like writing out all my debts and you know, I had PT school, I had credit card, I had a car, I had more than I would ever like to admit. Um, and I think that was really hard at that realization. And then just learning like, okay, like looking at a budget as not restricting me from what I can pay or what I'm allowed to do, but like almost allowing me, like, it's okay if I go spend this money on that, you know, as I was working my way out of debt and everything. So that's kind of mm -hmm. where I started. Um, Dr. Jess, how about you? Uh, well, I, I think I started when I first graduated from grad school. That was like when it was like, I was okay. Like I'm completely on my own. I did have grad school debt. Um, but I was like, this is like, I, I've, I've finally got a full-time job. 
I'm paying for my own place, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm just like naturally very stingy, like real stingy, like a lot. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to have a roommate. Like I, I never like had my own place. Cause I was always like, that's 50% of my living costs. That's, you know, uh, you know, it's just like, it's half 50% off every month of, you know, my, <laughs> my rent and my utilities. And so I was, um, you know, I was living in a townhouse that was like, mm, pretty crappy, <laughs> like <laughs> really crappy. And, uh, but it had a little yard for the dogs, which was nice. But like, I mean, literally like there was drug deals that were happening, like a couple doors down. Uh, my sister like came and stayed one day and she's like, um, so what? Like, who are your neighbors? I was like, they're really friendly. Um, but like, it's just better if you're inside early. Um, <laughs> she was like, oh my gosh. And I mean, it was okay. I could afford it. Everybody was nice. It, you know, it was, it was okay. And, um, I was like working full time and I was, I picked up work on the, uh, in the, uh, Saturday mornings, I'd go in and do evals at a nursing home. And I was just feeling like super stressed about like, I feel like I don't even know how to like get like started with planning for the future. I have like no idea what to do. Like I can pay my bills. I don't have a lot left over every month because like you're a new grad, you're not making that much money. Um, and so I like, I scheduled this meeting with a financial planner and I was like, okay, like we're going to like, he's going to tell me like, okay, here's what we can do. And he said, like, essentially, like, looked at me point blank when I was like, until you have 20 grand cash, like, I can't help you. When you tell somebody who, like, 20 grand, I was like, you might as well have said, like, a billion dollars, like, $20,000. I was like, I mean, I'm lucky if I have an extra three or $400 at the end of the month, let alone, like, $20,000. Yeah. I'm like, in my head doing the math, like, well... I'm never going to be able to save for retirement or do anything like the way he was making it sound. And I was just like really frustrated and like, what in the world do I even do? And um, I just, I was like spinning for a while, just like essentially just like living month to month paying bills, but I wasn't moving forward in mm -hmm. any direction. And so that's kind of like where I was. I was just like surviving, but I'm not good at that. I'm not I, like, I always need to like, have something where I'm moving towards a goal that I'm just like really goal oriented. And so when I feel like I'm not going towards something, and I'm just like, you know, living just to survive. That's not, that's not good for me. That doesn't work for my personality. Yeah. I think like what's important, like, I think when you're starting anything, um, when it looks at finances, if you haven't done it or you haven't done it in a while is you just need to first figure out what are your bills? What do I owe? What do I own? Um, you know, like, and just like write it out and kind of look at it, but also have a lot of grace with yourself. Like it's not a shaming, um, tool, you know, it's looking at, okay, this is where I am. Um, just like when you start working out, like you can't yell at yourself for not being able to run a mile when you haven't walked five minutes, you know, like you just got to start one foot in front of the other. Right. Um, and so I think the important thing for me was like when I started my budget, um, and, there's a lot of different programs out there. I just followed Dave Ramsey's. It just made the most sense to me. Um, yeah. And it's very, very step-by-step, step, which helps it, which helped me feel like I'm actually achieving something. 
Um, and so the first was to write it all out. And then the very first thing he said was to save a thousand dollars. And to me, like at that point in my life, I was like a thousand dollars, like that feels like forever. But the whole point was to then not have emergencies, like all the little emergencies that come up, you're not going in debt for, like you have that cash back. And, um, so when I did it the first three months, I'll tell you, I was terrible at budgeting. I like, it was more of three months tracking what I spent than me trying to like figure out what I spent. Like I would make a budget and like in the first week I'd be over going out, eating out. Like I never knew how much money I spent eating out. Um, I was single mid twenties, um, living in a city by myself. So like, that's what we did for friends and everything. So that was a big eye opener. Um, but I'll tell you the first three months I did it, my budget was so off and then you start getting better at it. Um, mm -hmm. And then you can start preparing and making sure, like, I think a good lesson for me was like actually planning for fun money. Like I would try to restrict myself in ways and like, and then it just, it didn't work. So like, it's being realistic and truthful and like planning and it's okay if you want to spend more on food. Like for me, food was an area that I could back off a little bit. It was just me. I could eat pretty cheap, still healthy, but cheap. Um, but I wanted to spend more on <laughs> kind of opposite. So if you don't know much about Justin and I, there's a lot of things we're opposite on. Mine was on housing. I wanted to live in a nice place, safe. I was by myself. I didn't want a roommate. So like it, the nice thing about budget is you can shift where your priorities and values are and you can shift through there. Mm -hmm. And the very first three months I went through every month, I'd gain up that thousand dollars and then something would happen. And it'd go away. And so it took like three months for me to even go to the next step because I like just emergency kids kept popping up. But it was the first time in my life that an emergency popped up and I didn't go into debt. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, and that's the whole point of the emergency savings is that like it is there for the unexpected events. Mm -hmm. What I learned when I was doing my budget is that when that unexpected event is happening on a regular basis, it's actually an expected event. Um, I mean, like it's something as simple as, I know it seems like you wouldn't necessarily put it in your budget, but like gift giving, mm -hmm. right? Birthdays, birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, um, going away gifts, um, you know, like somebody's passed away and you send flowers, whatever mm -hmm. that might be. Like I, I didn't have gift giving in my budget. And so it was like one of those things where like, I know it's not like, you know, you might spend 30 bucks, you know, 40 bucks, something like that. But like it, you know, it was constantly like an extra that I hadn't accounted for. So now I have gift giving in my budget because um, yeah. there's always something, you know, like a little birthday, a little something that, you know, you want to like recognize somebody. So <laughs> it's like, That's oh, kinda... this isn't this isn't a one offer. This actually happens on a regular basis. <laughs> it's kind of like Dave Ramsey. He always says he's like, Christmas is not an emergency. It happens every December 25th, every single year. Right. It is not an emergency plan for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I think that was like when I was doing my budget, the realistic aspect of groceries versus household like items versus mm -hmm. eating out is different than that like coffee or um you know I'm trying to think of like just like the little snacks that you might get it's 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 pretty eye-opening and when like our budget has changed significantly with groceries in the last two years because the prices have gone up I mean it's like 
we actually had to modify our budget, like a, a complete modification to the budget, uh, because I was like, it, it just is like, there's, I, I, there's nothing else I can take out of this. Um, we do just literally buy what we need and we do go in with a list and we do meal plan. So like right. nothing can come out. I've, I've scraped everything out that I can that's extra. And this just is the new cost now that caught that now that that prices are higher. Uh, so sometimes that happens as well. So just like, you know, being aware of like when changes do happen, it just, you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not necessarily associated with the raise at work. Uh, I think yeah. for me, it's important also to remember to do it each month because mm-hmm. you kind of like you sit here and you think in your head, oh, I got this, I got this, I know this, I this, you know, and like you do the math in your head but it's not the same as writing it out. And each month is different. Each month yeah. brings different challenges. Each month brings different birthdays, um, different school activities. So mm-hmm. like just really trying to plan and like think of that month ahead before the first of the month is really helpful. Um, and for me, I found it takes a lot of stress off. Like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I don't have to worry. Like, I just, I know as long as I'm working, like my bills are covered or if my income is a little less then. I figure it out in the budget and I figure out how I'm going to make it work and what I'm going to have to kind of not do so much this month, but maybe I can do more next month, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like when you, when you put together a realistic budget, then you find what you're actually willing to spend money on and what you're not. Like there's sometimes there's those extras that like, it just, you don't really need it. Like if something needs to go, because you do the math, like this much money comes in per month. And when you put your budget together and if it totals more than what's coming in, something has to go. Like the math doesn't add up. And so whatever you're willing to give up, sometimes it's kind of like a realization of like, oh, I guess I really didn't need that. Um, Yeah. Now, if it's something that's really like based on values that like you just really love and it brings you joy, then like, try and see if you can do something else. Like even just changing your grocery store can make a big difference. Um, There's a lot that you can do to save money without like having to give up. It's just being more mindful of how you're spending it. Um, And even like just some of those um, like recurring costs that don't, you know, have to, you know, have to be there, you know, just figure out like, Maybe for a period of time, you you take something out and you replace it with something that's free or like less expensive. Um, but like I I do mine in Excel. My husband and I have a we have a shared um, Google Doc in Excel, and I have all of my line items. And then you know whichever of us spends the money, we put it in on the line item, and it, I have it automatically deduct so we can see where we are on our budget for that month. So it keeps us, it kind of holds us both accountable. It's just like, you know, if you're, if you're on a, like if you're dieting or something and you have to write down what you eat, like if you have to write down what you buy, it kind of like, you know, you're going to have to write it down. It's going to have to come out of like that line item. It almost like makes you think twice. There's an accountability there of like, is this something that we need? Is it something that we want? And sometimes a want is okay. Like, look at that line item. We budgeted that we were willing to spend this much on you know, fun 
you know, I have, I forget what I exactly have it in there. Like, just like, a like, a, it's like recreational fun, mm-hmm. you know, like if we go putt-putt golfing or go to the movies or, you know, tickets to go do something, you know, concert tickets, like all that kind of stuff will come out of that line item. Well, if we haven't spent anything in there, then I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, let's, we'll, we'll get those tickets to go to that show. Like, of course we budgeted for fun. So don't just like keep it like empty just because like that's okay too. Um, but you know, just, but if we've already filled it, then I'll usually say like, well, um, let's, unless it's, you know, let's, let's see if we can do something maybe next month that would be something in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already done X, Y, or Z. And there's a lot of like, you use Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I use an app called every dollar app. Um, like there's so many different tools out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to grocery, one thing I do is I always look for, um, depending on the store, they call it different things, but like where the meat or the food's like 50% off. A lot of times I'll do it for meat um, for my family, just because it's one of the more expensive items. And so mm-hmm. I'll look for like, you know, when it's expiring the next day or so, and it's 50% off, then I just put it in the freezer. I wrap it really good and freeze it. So that way, like we always, trying to always buy stuff when it's like on the discount. So like looking at fruit, like I always try to buy the fruit that is on sale that week versus just what I want mm-hmm. um, when I need to. And then if I don't need to that month, then I can splurge a little bit. I do. So that's the nice thing about a budget is it, um, it allows you to, it, it allows you to like spend on what you want to spend on. There is no right or wrong. As long as you're house utilities, you know, electric, as long as you're paying all that stuff on time and it's all caught up. I mean, whether you buy that coffee or you do that fun movie, like you get to choose what that is. And I think ultimately for me, having a budget not only lets me not worry, but it also helps me achieve my big goals. Like it's that reminder of, do I want this extra coffee or do I want to be able to put this towards a vacation I'm planning for next year? Right. Um, it helps create, because sometimes I think we get lost in like the, like, oh my gosh, retirement. That, that's like forever away, but like, it's not, you know, right. you got to be yeah. doing something each month. And I think that's where Dave Ramsey stops really helped me because it breaks it down into like saving, paying off debt, building like a good size emergency fund. And then from there you go into like saving. So instead of trying to do a little, 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 it's like, focus on one thing, get it done focus on the next, get it done, which mm-hmm. has been very helpful for me. Yeah. Let's say, I think he calls it the snowball effect. Mm-hmm. So like as that, as that snowball starts rolling, then it starts getting more and more momentum. Mm-hmm. And so like, obviously getting out of debt first is key. And then, um, and then, you know, like you said, like really kind of going into those next steps, I think that's where it starts to become more fun because then you can actually start to say, okay, like I, like what, you know, goal wise, like in, in your long-term planning, like if you do want to buy a house, if you do want to, you know, start a family, if you do want to retire one day, kind of like buy a new car, go on a vacation, you know, things like that. Uh, then it's it makes it a lot more clear to see where you are in your budget. And so that's, I do this typically at the end of the calendar year for the next year is I go through and I look at like, okay, you know, how much, you know, I'm bringing in, you know, each month, how much my husband's bringing in each month. And I do it all in Excel. And that way it just, I just, I, I, I just really like Excel. That works for me, but other people don't. 
Um, and then I, I go through our budget. I kind of see from last year if anything needs to change. You know, are we going to have a change in daycare cost? Are we going to have a change in whatever it might be? I update all of that. Then I see what's our extra at the end of the month. And then how much of that are we allocating into our different areas? You know, mm -hmm. so whatever that might be. And that's how I know, you know, our what's our vacation going to look like this year? You know, um, are we taking a vacation this year? Um, so like right. last year we didn't, you know, I, I opened the practice. And so there was no like major vacation. We did do like, you know, a trip. We stayed with some friends and we did a little bit in the spring. Um, but there was, you know, that was kind of it for the year because like the math didn't add up. Uh, so I just, which is, which is okay because like I was, you know, we were willing, we made that as a goal, our values was like, we really wanted to open the practice. There was a lot that had to happen with that. And, um, okay. But then this year it's like, okay, now that, you know, the practice is open, we're making money, you know, what am I bringing in? What's he bringing in? And then we just kind of make our goals based on there, our house projects versus vacations versus retirement, you know? And it's just like, you kind of start with the nitty gritty of just learning the budget, get out of debt, go into some like other stuff. And then from there, it just, I think it just makes it a little bit easier for you to move forward in life and, and, and reach those goals that you really would like to reach. Um, and you can do it without having like a major expense of like meeting with somebody that's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, so like, I didn't know how much a financial planner was going to cost. I was just like, Hey, it's a free meeting. Can you like help me a little? And yeah. you know, it was just, yeah. it was, I, I felt like I was like really discouraged and, you know, through listening to Dave Ramsey's stuff, I felt like I could actually like be empowered myself. Mm -hmm. And then from there, like, if you actually start like getting, you know, a lot of actually want investments and stuff like that, then yeah, I'll work with somebody. Um, but like, if you're just talking about like your household goals, getting yourself organized and, um, you know, being able to move on to the next steps, then you really can do that with the information that's out there. And um, it's just, it takes sticking with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think so. Two things I was going to say, um, one, for me, getting out of debt, like listening to his podcast every day, I needed to do it. It was that reminder when I really wanted that coffee, when I really wanted to go out. Um, I, I would still go out with friends, but maybe I would eat before and I just have something small with them. You know, like I found ways to still do everything I wanted to do. Besides, I didn't travel. That was really hard for me. I was like three years of not traveling, mm -hmm. um, but it was worth it in the end. And so like mm -hmm. just having those motivation, those goals along the way, those reminders that remind you why you're doing what you're doing, especially when it's hard. And I think one thing you said, Jess, and you know, I was doing it alone, um, being single and doing it alone, whereas you have a significant other. And I think mm -hmm that if you do have someone else in your life, like it is really important for you to be on the same page and for you to share your goals. Because if you don't have common goals um, and dreams, it's not going to work if one's trying to save and the other's just spending, spending, spending. So, yeah. and that can cause such a big um, kind of issue with the, like in the marriage, you know, anything like that. So I think Absolutely. it's really important yeah. that you do the budget together. And if one person keeps track of the money, that's okay. One person keeps track, yeah. but you need to also, if it's the other person, you need to also know what's going on or mm -hmm. if your significant other is the one, like include them, let them know, let them see, because it really does take both of you. Absolutely. Like that was something, you know, going into a, a more serious relationship when we were first dating, 
uh, you know, I was just really, you know, I've seen a lot of divorce. And so, and, and finances are a a big source of contention and a big, you know, divider Mm -hmm. of couples. And so when we had moved in together before we were married, it was just kind of weird. Like he'd pay for groceries one week, I'd pay for them another week. And it was just kind of like this weird, like kind of tit for tat type thing. And I was like, what if we just together come up with a budget of like how much are groceries, how much is rent, how much is, you know, eating out, all the things that we did together. I was like, what if we come up with this budget and then we both like agree that we're willing to put this much into, you know, whatever, you know, like all the things that we did together. Mm -hmm. And then we both contributed to that. And then we had a joint account um, before we were married. And, um, and it just, for me, it was a way to make sure, like, could we be on the same page financially? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, can he stick to the budget? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it was like, it was, it was important. Like, can we, you know, can we live together? Are we compatible in that way? Can we, can we achieve bigger goals together? Can we come together and make a consensus and then work together to achieve it? And so finances were actually something that we did prior to marriage and we did work on that prior to marriage. And it was something that I was like, I'm really big about like, put it all out there, like mm-hmm. say it, talk about it, you know, don't hold it in just, you know, not in a mean way, in a respectful way. Right. And uh, it was funny because people were like, what, you have a joint account? Like you're not married. I'm like, I know that's just finances are a value to me. <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. I really I just think it's really important to like have a really open dialogue about money and like, where's the money going and how are we spending it? Because it doesn't just, it's not endless. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so that's, you know, so Dr. Bobby and I both have very different backgrounds, but I think hopefully we can resonate with some people that there is more that you can do to make it not feel so nebulous mm-hmm. and and put your finger on it and then work to achieve whatever goals you might have coming up in the next year, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, who knows? Um, but there, you know, it, it can be it, it can be something that you can that you can do, uh, which is which is great. And there's sources out there which we'll we'll put in the description below. Uh, the other thing that we wanted to, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say last thing with, before yeah. you move on. Um, yeah. I think the biggest thing is just not to avoid it, um, no. to sweep it under no. the rug. I think it is something, especially if you haven't done, you got it. You got to address it. You got to look into it. You got to create goals um, because retirement does happen. There becomes a time where you can't work um, and you just, it's best to prepare for that. Absolutely. And yeah. also enjoy those fun times. I think that's really important too. Yeah. Like plan for fun. You know, that's, I mean, that's what it's in the budget, (laughs) you know, like we plan for the monthly fun and, you know, vacation fun, all that, all that kind of fun stuff. Absolutely. So um, the other thing we want to touch on a little bit in this episode is just talking about career planning and career growth. It's not something, I mean, we're not going to cover tons of different careers. We just wanted to uh, just kind of highlight that if when you're looking at goal setting and you're thinking about your career and where you want to go, just different ways that we've been able to stay motivated within our own careers and then how we've challenged ourselves to um, maybe kind of like think about things in a different way when we're not loving where we are. Uh, so I know Dr. Bobby had, again, has a little bit of a different path than what I've had. 
And um, so I'll let, I'll let you talk kind of how your path has veered a little along the way. Yeah. So I graduated. I always wanted to be PT. Um, when I was little, I didn't quite know what that meant, but I said I wanted to help people walk again after accidents. So um, the field of physical therapy, PT, was always just something I wanted to do. So for me, it wasn't a big issue trying to go to college, figure it out, go to grad school. Like I knew, got my first jobs. And then um, I kind of bounced around a little bit um, in different areas of PT. Um, and then at one point, I would say about, oh goodness, 2018. So it was about like six to eight years in, I just started feeling really burnt out and kind of was like, huh, like this is something I always want to do. I don't really love it anymore. I don't enjoy going to work. Um, I had one job where I literally every morning would like cry and think of 50 reasons why I didn't have to go into work. Um, And then ultimately none of them were good enough under my, just because I knew I had patients waiting for me and stuff. Um, So I went and then one day I just was like, I'm done. Like I'm done. And so I kind of still tried some other things. And then I eventually, I just took a break from BT. I took a year off and I coached gymnastics and um, financially probably not the greatest idea, but it was, it was what my like soul needed at the time. And um, that year off gave me so much. Um, I was working one job. I can't tell you the, the last, I had the last time I worked one job was like right out of school. Otherwise I was always working two, three jobs at one time. And so to work one job, like feel like they're not normal hours because they're coaching, but at least like not working 12 hour days. Um, I was like, oh, I kind of like this. But then I, the little um, niche in me of like PT, um, I had a, a who I currently work for reach out and ask me to work for them. And I told them no, like two or three times. And then eventually I was like, okay, fine. I'll go talk to them and kind of see what it's all about. And long story short, I ended up taking a class that like re-sparked my interest. And I realized it wasn't the PT that I didn't love. It was, it was the way I was doing it. It was the burnout. It was the notes, the um, kind of that corporate management world that that is what I was tired of um, and not being able to treat patients the way I wanted to treat them. So that is ultimately what brought me to do a fellowship. And then like Jess in the process of opening my own clinic as well, she already opened hers. So that's kind of my story. Um, and there's just so much more in between there, but that's kind of like the the shortest way I can kind of describe on like where my career has gone from there. Yeah. And I think like, I think it's really common when you get started in a career to have these expectations of what it's going to be and how the growth is going to happen. And then when it doesn't happen like that, you kind of blame yourself of like, I'm not doing something right, or I'm not, you know, as invested as I should be or, or whatever it, whatever it might be. Like my, um, I've, I've been in the same place where I was completely burnt out. And I was like, why did I think this was a good idea? <laughs> like, this is awful. Like, I, I don't have time to treat my patients. I really want to be able to do more for them because I know I can. I just don't have time to, there's too many people here. There's too many people for me to be able to actually help them. And the notes were just like overwhelming. Uh, you don't get paid for that time, by the way, like all that extra time when you're documenting, that's like, you know, you're sitting there for an hour, two hours every day. Um, that's all pro bono. Um, so it's just like, it's, it's tough and it's really tiring. I think 
for me, I, I was the same thing where I had to realize that it was the environment. So if, if the environment doesn't work for you, um, then you might just need to change the environment. And if a different one has something good, but still isn't right, then you might still need to change the environment. And mm-hmm. so that's okay. It might not be you, <laughs> you know? And that's, and that's, yeah. you know, I did a lot of during that time, like listening to like different podcasts, reading different books, um, entree leadership is one, like learning about leadership and learning about like, just the idea that, oh, there is this, there, this could work, you know, what I'm looking for, what I want yeah. could happen. It is possible. Right. Um, I just haven't found it yet. Right. I just haven't found it yet. So it's okay to continue the search or if where you currently are, maybe there is room for growth within that setting, then that's great as well. Um, How we've been able to keep ourselves motivated big time is through continuing education. So constantly learning about better ways to treat, better ways to diagnose, better ways to um, just be a better practitioner uh, is huge for keeping us motivated. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, having people that you're surrounded by that understand your intrinsic values with inside of your career, I think is important as well. Um, And if there's, if you're surrounded by people that don't like really support those intrinsic values, then that is a pretty toxic setting for you. And you, you know, interviewing for a different position or (laughs) doing what we're doing, which is just creating our own uh, Mm -hmm. is also a possibility. I mean, in this country, being an entrepreneur is possible. Uh, it's not easy. Nobody's going to hand it to you. Um, you know, I essentially worked from 10 p.m. till 2 a.m., 4 a.m. a lot because uh, I built this practice while I was treating full time. Like I was, you know, working full time and built this practice. Uh, it was not easy. Nobody handed it to me. Uh, but, you know, for me, it was worth it to go through that because I was able to finally create a space where I can you know, because I did my budget, believe me, that's where I started with my budget, how much, how many patients do I need to see? How much do I need to charge? You know, what's the practicality of, of this budget with insurance and rent and, you know, everything else, like, can I even do it? And when I could get the math to work, it was like, okay, I can. And then it was like, okay, how? And then, you know, and then the snowball starts, starts moving from there. Uh, So whether, you know, you just kind of, end up interviewing at different places and and really ask those questions about um, you as an individual being able to grow, but you know, here's what you can contribute to the team, but then how can you actually continue to grow so that you stay fulfilled in your career? Because that's how like, like we spend a lot of time working. So if you're not fulfilled and happy and you're just going there to earn a paycheck, it's just like, it's kind of miserable. Like, I really think you can have both. Like you can be fulfilled and earn a paycheck. It just needs to be in the right setting, doing the right thing. Um, and that's, you know, that's can be hard to find, but it's possible. And sometimes you need to earn that paycheck to get started. You yeah. know, like sometimes you got to do those things you don't like to do to put food on the table, to yep. make sure your bills are getting paid. And so then you can ultimately live your dreams and build them and create them. Um I think sometimes we have this idea that we can just sit and create and dream and it's going to come to us. It doesn't work that way. Like you got to work and you're going to have to work overtime. I think anyone that starts a starting my own business has been one of the most eye-opening, humbling experiences ever. 
Yeah. Um, just when you think you like maybe have an idea on one small thing, like your world's rocked and you're like, oh, well, didn't know about that. And that yeah. was just, I think I had to like pay different things just to name my business. It was, I created an LLC and in Illinois, it can't, it has to be a PLC. So I switched my name in the meantime and only learned that that word was trademarked. So then I had to do this. And then it was just like, this is all, I, all I'm doing is trying to name my business. Right. And I had already gone on to make sure it was available. Like, it wasn't like I just like popped it. Like I'd already done all this work right. and <laughs> it's humbling. It's humbling, but I think that's like, that's how you grow. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes. I think as long as we're always working towards something that ideally is going to like help us find fulfillment and happiness, then, mm -hmm. then, you know, taking the hits for like, you know, doing something that we don't really love, but it pays the bills is like perfect for like it pays the bills it's covering the bases which is going to allow me to get into this more fulfillment type role and mm -hmm. so like there's just kind of like that that balance um so like you know so that's the biggest thing with careers is just like don't give up on finding happiness and and don't just like blame it on yourself all the time i mean sometimes you might be to blame right like we all like there's times where we just aren't putting in our effort so, um, so like, you know, just have some reflection on like, where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this? And see if like, maybe change needs to happen. Maybe it doesn't, maybe you're in like a really good place and you're growing well, and that's great. Then continue that growth, like continue to challenge yourself with like classes and whatnot. Um, and if not, like take a step back and like uh, reevaluate. Um, and so, and then see where that leads you. As I say, yeah, don't be, don't be scared of change. And you know, change may not be stop one job and start the other change may be, well, Hey, I think I'm an accountant and I really am interested in, uh, hotel management. Mm -hmm. Um, I know like a part-time job where you can start getting into that hotel management, find volunteer situations where you feel like you can get into it while you still have your job. Mm -hmm. That way you can kind of try other things and see where your heart takes you. Yeah. Yeah. I think as we're, as long as we're not like just constantly settling, you know, mm -hmm. just like keep working towards happiness. It's definitely worth it. So, all right, everybody. Well, that is the end of this episode on some more practicality of finances and talking about career growth and what that might look like for you, you know, kind of just challenge that thinking, uh, keep working on setting your goals for the year, challenge yourself to like take some, you know, just take a pause and really consider like, what do I want? Like, what do I want out of this? And then like, see if you can kind of implement some steps over the course of the year. And I'm, I'm curious what will happen by the end of the year. <laughs> so uh, if you are interested in joining our uh, membership, we have a membership called Two Gals Insiders, where we go live each month. We have all sorts of extra content that we release into there. You can find the information on our website, 2-gals.com. And um, don't forget to hit subscribe, follow us on social media. All right, everybody, till next time.